Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. California. We have we've had some sun out today and it's right now it's a bit overcast where I am, but it's definitely not rainy. It's also definitely not surfing weather or it's not like it's not a beach day. But it's it's a good day. And yes. we are here to talk about parents' kids' music here on Blog Talk Radio. We're our show is about the relationships that people have with their parents and with their kids, if they do have kids, when it comes to the music they listen to. So, Jay, so Jay I want to start off with a correction from last week, where last week we said some things about some struggles that um, Selena Gomez has been going through, and I have learned that we were wrong, that I'm wrong, that it was not Selena Gomez, it was Demi Lovato. If anyone out yeah. there is a fan of Selena Gomez, we do apologize. We sure do. We do apologize again. Uh, well, no, we got it right. <laughs> yeah, yes, we do. We know that. Peop- we do know that. It's. It continues to amaze us how, the, how in a world where fewer people are listening to traditional radio and where the music video networks have lost profitability in in what they originally were created for to show videos, that it is franchises like those on the Disney Channel and Nickelodeon that have created, like, amazing musical success. And I know, Jay, you were talking to me earlier today about something that's happened with Miley Cyrus. Yeah, I'm taking taking my daughter, ten year old Jelena. You know, every every week I have some news from Jelena, and she was very upset. And I was like, "What's wrong? What's wrong?" And I was like, "What's wrong?" Uh, well, Molly Cyrus was over in Europe and she's drinking beer. I said, "Drinking beer?" I said, "What kind of beer?" <laughs> and she said, "You know, her. And I, <laughs> you know, I was saying, um, "What? You know, liquor? She's drinking liquor. She's only sixteen years old, and she was my role model." I'm very sad and I'm, I'm upset with her because she should be drinking beer. In our country, you have to be 21 to drink beer. And, and I said, oh, wow. I said, do you still like her? And she was like, I don't know anymore. So, you know, she's really she's upset at that, you know. Um, uh, so, I, you know, I don't know if uh, my daughter's going to be a beer drinker when she gets old. It looks like she's not. <laughs> Interesting. Well, at least in this, at least in this age where... It shows like how it's the connection to not only having access to such channels, but just the 24-hour news cycle. You there's entertainment news, sports news, just every single thing that someone does is scrutinized, whether it's right or if it's wrong, or even if there is a right or wrong, and it's. And it's really about the 
exposure to everything, and a lot of it starts with the parents. Like, is there any channel, like, Jay, like, with your kids growing up, were there any particular channels or websites or movies that you've prevented them for, or have you been an open parent? Like, what is your viewpoint as a parent on censorship? Uh, I think we definitely need censorship because there's now so many more channels. I mean, it's very hard. It's harder now even that we're older adults because, you know, you mean, we already had the major channels in the world coming up. But in this, in this digital age, you know, you got 500, 600 channels. You know, you, if you go use the restroom and come back, you can't turn the channel and turn it back before you can get back to it. So it's very, very hard to censor them from, from everything. But I have to censor uh, my daughter because, you know, they're curious. Curious Georgians, and they want to see everything, and they're just so much smarter than when I was uh, their age, you know, because they're aware of all these new digital technologies. And uh, I mean, at some point, my my daughter probably going to operate the computer better than me, and I'm a computer expert, and so I'm looking at that as this is very hard. So uh, yes, I do have to stay on her and uh, and monitor her. So at some point, you know, you can't just do what you want to do you got to watch your child. Yeah. Wow. It's just, it's, it's I know really that even... What were you saying, Jay? Yeah, it's just really hard now, And but, you know, we have to stay on... We have to stay on top of this because, as you see, she found out about, uh, you know, Hannah Montana drinking beer. She's only 16, and she's in a European country. It's legal over there. But she doesn't understand that Jelena, you know, she's 10... She doesn't get it. Like, how can she drink beer over there and uh, you can't drink it over here, you know? So, and she, and she, gives, she gives me this news, you know, because she really looks up to her. So, yeah, you have to monitor. Because she's going to think it's okay to drink beer at 16 in America. It, and, uh, it's definitely not in the United States. And even if it's international, how how kids are raised in the United States. And this is obviously a show about about the music and the relationships of parents and kids. But there's always seems to be vices. There there always seems to be this attraction of what is right, what is wrong, what is illegal, what is what is not illegal, and just that it goes to the role models of children. But yeah, like, yeah and, you know and. and mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, I remember in the in the 90s, and it was actually recently mocked by a recent commercial with LeBron James, where Charles Barkley had that famous commercial saying, "I am not a role model." And <laughs> I want you, yes, and or you have the LeBron James version where he said, "Should I say I am a role model that be not a role model and eats a donut?" Like, what is your take on these celebrities, whether they're musicians or movie stars or athletes? Are they role models? Are they not? I de- I definitely think they should be. I mean, they make enough money to be. People are looking up to them, not just kids. Adults are looking up to them, and we go and we watch them. And they should be an example of a reflection of our, how society could be, the best of, the best of uh, America could be. Or the world, when they should be role models. Um, when Charles Bradley said that, he, yeah, you shouldn't agree with that because he's, we are all catering to them. So I want my money. If I go buy NBA ticket or NFL ticket, I would like to my money to go to a good person, you know, a role model. So my kids can watch. Like you know, uh, back in the day, you had Mickey Mantle and you had all these baseball.
fit, you know. So, yeah, I think, you know, the speak for itself. Some of these people should uh, definitely stand attention and, and take their responsibility, be a role model. Um, that should be part of the job uh, support. Yeah. Absolutely. Other than obviously buying products, watching shows, listening to music, like like these these celebrities as role models, whatever. Like, have you seen anyone ask people to take like a specific action, whether it's like donate, like like the volunteer, or to donate to a charity, or take an action on something that that your kids probably would have never even thought of if they didn't bring it to the forefront and just being a spokesperson. Well, yeah, you see certain athletes do beautiful things. Uh, let's take Shaquille O'Neal. I saw him put the Tanaquah suit on and uh, give out hundreds and hundreds of turkeys and um, and take that on. He's one athlete that has taken that thing on. Uh, Shazam, or whatever he was. Who was he? Uh, what was the genie movie he did? <laughs> so there, there are good athletes out there that do stuff like that. Um, and, you know, and they should. There's people uh, we have on out here in California. It's a, a quarterback for the Raiders. is awesome one. He goes out and he helps the community. He comes down and teaches the kids. And he does a lot of fitness programs. And I'm sure there are players on the Giants out there in New York and uh, the Yankees that do these wonderful things for the community. And that's, uh, those are the bright spots. You know, those are the bright spots. And we need more of that because the kids look up to that. When they see that, when they grow up, they say, I want to be just like them. Well, that's what you want. So there, there, there's some great people out there. Everybody is not bad role models. We do have some beautiful ones. And even LeBron James, you know, he's done some nice things for Cleveland, actually, when he was in Cleveland. You know, he was uh, <laughs> joking on that Nike commercial. I know the commercial you're talking about. Um, but, right. you know, he's, you know he's, there's, some great, there's some great people. There's some great people still. And they're taking on that challenge. Yeah. It's very hard to be and, perfect, you know, though, you know? <laughs> and, and there are people, honorable people, who do have success when they move from Cleveland to Miami, like our guests. Steve last week, who was originally from Cleveland and has since moved down to South Florida. Right, right. See, and that's what I'm saying, you know. I mean, even you too, you know. Uh, they do a lot of things for the world community. Um, there are some great musical uh, groups that me and you grew up listening to. I'm pretty sure even Fish probably does things for their community. Um, Absolutely, they've got... Yeah. The, they actually, every concert, they have a different charity that they donate to now through their Water Wheel Foundation with, with a main goal of cleaning up Lake Champlain and keeping it, yeah, and keeping it, it clean. And I had the opportunity to hang with uh, Miss Sheila E. this weekend, and she does a lot of stuff for her community and for women and for breast cancer, and she's just a wonderful, we hugged and we, we just hanged out. And, and her father and her, and her sister and all of us just we did it try out. And she's another example of somebody who does things through nonprofits and and and, and, and is a role model. And so you have her and you have people like Chile and you have you know you have people that really do stuff in the music business that are role models. And I just had a good opportunity this weekend to hang out with Miss Chile, and she was telling me some of the great things that she's doing for the community out here and uh, throughout the nation. So, you know, she has a beautiful website. You can check that out. Um, that, those are the kind of people we need. Those are the kind of people we need. Because music goes everywhere, you know. Um, it goes everywhere. And through music and through music and music with your kids, you can do so many things to help our communities and stand up for good things, for righteous things. So I just want to add that in there. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm thing, sure that Chili E can drum circles around both of us. Woo! Boy, she was jamming out there, man. You know, she, she was she was jamming. She's so beautiful. You know, I was like, I should have married her, but I, I, I tried, but she didn't give me a chance. I tried my hardest again, but uh, I think it's a long line. It was a long line. You know, I had to get in this line. It was a long queue. <laughs> Very but, cool. Yeah, she's a, uh, all right, Jenny, we've wonderful. got our first guest on. Are you ready for our first okay. guest? Well, before right. we do that, can I say, 
Ian? Sure. Can I ask you, uh, sure. I just wanted to say, I, want, I wanted to mention Jacob Lattimore is the star artist kid for this week. And Jacob Lattimore was in Milwaukee, and he's the new Disney child. And so that's, the, that's who Janina's listening to this week, Jacob Lattimore. That's all I wanted to say. Excellent. I'm looking forward to hearing more about him and if she's still listening to him next week. Okay. Like, remember Justin Bieber? Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Such memories. All right, time for our first guest as soon as I can press this first guest button. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you're on the air with Parents Kids Music. Is this the Howard Stern Show? Um. Sorry, but um, you need to pay money for satellite radio for that. Yeah, I don't have free that kind on of the money internet. Yet. I don't have that kind of money yet. How you guys doing? <laughs> Excellent. Wonderful. Excellent. I'd like to introduce yourself to us and to this internet listening community. All right. I'm, uh, my name is John Tringle. I'm, uh, since I'm obviously a parent, and a lot of our, I guess a lot of our vacation. I got a 12 year old son. He's in seventh grade. And uh, most of what we do going on vacation is traveling, which includes, uh, you know, camping, some hotels, and a lot of concerts. He probably, if all goes well by this December, will catch his 65th fish show at Madison Square Garden. But we that's, also that's have amazing. to, yeah, it's uh, his first was Lemon Wheel, which was the festival in '98. And you know, if you just throw in every year and grab a handful of tickets and hit the road for a couple of weeks, they add up. And uh, yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. Not to mention all the festivals. You know, we've been to a couple of Ten Thousand Lakes Festival concerts, a couple of Bonnaroo's, and a few Mowdowns as well. Wow! I like to think that I think he's pretty pretty well turned on to music for sure, and uh, and not just the music, but the the entire experience. Excellent. Um, And let's let's step back for a second and. And before you were a parent, you were a kid. And what was your what was your experience of growing up with music and bringing it to where you are today as a father? It was terrible. <laughs> I I had the uh, I had the unfortunate, uh, I guess the uh, unfortunate luck of having to come of age as a teenager in the eighties. And I know I'm pretty pretty biased about this, but. I wasn't enjoying anything that MTV or the 80s was offering me. And so what I had to do was kind of reach back and listen to what the older kids were listening to. As a result, I kind of turned myself on to a lot of 60s and 70s music, I guess what we'd call classic rock, and kind of immersed myself in that while also watching MTV and looking at, you know, whether it was uh, Madonna or you know whatever, whatever one-hit wonders in the 80s with keyboards was, was popping on and just going, this is not going to work for me at all. And, and then, I guess, as I started, as the 80s rolled along, uh, a couple of friends started turning me on to The Grateful Dead and Frank Zappa. And that's when I started saying, wait a minute, there's a there's a whole other world out there that I'm not going to be able to tap into if I just flip on the radio. So I guess I'm, you know, I, I there was some good stuff in the 80s, but... It was a combination of reaching back and then having the fortune of some older people around me kind of nudging me and going, hey, no, 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 this is the stuff you got to listen to. And once I started hitting the scene, and especially dead shows, that's when everything opened up for me. Wow. Am I shocking you all? <laughs> no, you know what it's like... You know, it's, we've been as we've been having this show for the last few months. It's just amazing, just finding people with different different aspects and just different experiences about whether they've enjoy whether they listen to the music their parents were into or not. And it's just always just an amazing experience. Well, I certainly didn't listen to the music that my parents did, even though my mother was probably closer to uh, enjoying some of that music, my dad being very conservative. uh, He's more of a Frank Sinatra fan, and that's fine there as well. It it is interesting that to to think about what my son, as he starts developing, you know, there's going to be a point where he turns to us and says, hey, can I go see whatever on my own or with friends? 
And it's going to be interesting to see if he then takes everything that I have kind of shown him, like I've opened up a box for him, or if he's going to go another route. Uh, so far, at least, you know, the difference between put a, putting a baby on your shoulders at a concert and now having a 12-year-old boy stand next to me dancing, when you turn to each other at that, you know, great moment of a show and you give each other that look and it's sort of like, do you get it now? And he kind of gives you that, yeah, I, I get it. So I'd like to think that whatever direction he goes, I guess within the world of rock and roll, it, it's it's going to be just fine. I don't I don't see him getting into uh, rap or you know pop music or anything like that. Although I have seen him bop his head at just about anything on the radio at any given time. It's amazing, John. Um, I wanted to know, like you seem to you went back to come forward. So you didn't like the '80s. You went back to the 60s to early 70s, and then you came back to the Grateful Dead. you think your son is going to do the same thing um, with the given state of what music is today? He's just going to go back and, and, and follow that same path? Does it seem like, seem like he would do that? Well, I think in a way you have to. I mean, when you're going to find your own, find your own way. Um, I don't know what it is about, about me, and, you know, a lot of my friends joke about, you know, how much I got, how much I didn't dig the 80s um and why it stands out for me is i guess a, a cheap decade where nothing was really working but yeah he's he's gonna have to go back and review it all i mean he he plays a little guitar with me and i've basically pointed to my cd collection and said have at it you know look look through anything you want and explore your own way how that ends up looking when he's 18 20 25 i don't know yet but the the journey will certainly be good for him is there any, uh, uh, like Eric Clapton, any guitar player that he likes right now and you can see that he likes what they're doing? Um, is there any uh, um, things that he's liking right now that you can share with us? He, he, has, a, he has a penchant for Green Day. And oh. I, it, not, it, they're not really my style. Um, my wife likes them, and uh, I've taken her to a couple of shows you know, ten or fifteen years ago, but I have a feeling it's just natural in a in a preteen kid, or even a teenage kid, to latch on to music that has more energy. And it's it's I'd have to think back into it to, to me when I was his age, and you know, Led Zeppelin w- was really doing it for me. And so I, I look at Green Day and I say, well, for me as a forty-one-year-old, it, it it doesn't quite give me the you know everything that I need, but for a kid his age, I, I see it. It's pure energy. So that's the kind of stuff that he's looking at. And when he takes his guitar class in school, I know that he bugs the teacher to try to teach everybody Green Day songs. And he and he does do a couple. But yeah, I can I can recognize that he's going to have a higher energy level than I am right now. So is this is this an electric instrument, or does he do acoustic guitar also, or both? Yep. Both, yeah. I, I tell him to practice his acoustic because it gives you better, better finger strength. But of course, you know which one he wants to pick up all the time. <laughs> right, the energy one. <laughs> right. Wow. So, so I got to um, give him that. Um, you know, I got to, I got to say that. Right, right. So are you guys doing duets together? Like, you know, okay, son, you get your guitar, I get my guitar. Let's have at it. Let's see who, who let's see who can uh, rock out the most. You guys do, do that type of thing also. The funnest part, the, the best part about that whole experience is when I have a friend come over who's, and, and most of them are, better than me, and I try to do what my friend is doing, and it takes me 10 minutes, and then Johnny, my son, will try to do the same thing, and it takes him only one minute to get it. Oh, you can, you can already, yeah, his, his learning curve is so much better. There, there are times where I'll just uh, I'll lay down a couple of chords and just tell him, you know, have at it. Just do whatever feels right. And for sometimes for a few minutes there, it sounds like a pretty cool jam, and it's a lot of fun. So sometimes right. we open up the book. We just open up the uh, one of those Mel Bay books and say, you know, can we learn a new chord today? Can we try something different? That's got to be funny, Ed. That's fun. <laughs> oh, it's, yeah, it's always fun, great, yeah. <laughs> this is a great guest, Ed. I, I, you know, that's what, that's the, what the stuff we're looking for. So these guys, he's going to grow up with, with all the necessary tools to uh, to deal with everything, because he's creative, he's going to school, 
you got a cool dad, and you guys are sharing that interaction. And the music is like, it's like, it's, it's kind of like a whole different type of world, which a lot of kids don't get to do with their dad or mom. That's that's beautiful, man. Um, so I'm looking for the, the Father and Son album to come out soon. So he, he can do it in a minute, and you might take a while. But, you know, I'm looking for that uh, John and the Johnny Tingle album to be out eventually, man. Um, if there's going to be an album, it's going to be more son than father. That's for darn sure. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what future, which future things do you see him doing? Is he going to? Is he, do you think he's going to um, go on and and be a professional musician, or is he going to go to you know to the university and just you know be a lawyer or something like that? Or you know really that's implied? tough to say. Like like you were saying, it's about it's about laying down all that foundation, and and then it's. You know, I'm not going to tell him what to do. I, I can see that he has some talent, and I might, I might be biased, you know, but he's also getting bigger, taller. The fingers are getting longer. But he also plays He plays uh, baseball. He's on uh, Little League, and he is doing good, well in school. And, and so whatever direction it ends up being, if he ends up playing the guitar for fun around a campfire, so be it. If he wants to take it a little more seriously, well, we'll go for that too. I, I've already asked him if he'd like to take, you know, real official lessons, and I think he's thinking about it, you know, something a little bit beyond just after-school guitar club and, and maybe taking it more seriously. But right now I'm just sort of saying, hey, here's here's life, here's everything, have at it. So he's not, he's not writing his own songs yet. Is he coming up with his own stuff too? Like, is he making no, up he, he hasn't done that, and I. Uh, it's interesting that you asked that. I've never even thought about that. He uh, He's got a very good math mind, and I know he loves math and science. If there's anything that I have to pull out of him or teachers pull out of him, it's the it's the creative writing part, which he's also good at. But that's interesting. I might uh, I might ask him about that tonight to see. You know, hey, have you ever thought about writing your own song? And if so, what would it what would it look like? What would it sound like? Yeah. So you gave me an idea. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be wonderful. I'm surprised to have him on the show here. <laughs> yeah, Parents' music creating new artists. <laughs> hey, if he if he wants on, he can have at it. But where did you get your talent from? Did you get it from your mom and your dad, John? Where did where did it come from? Like, what, you know, you, you obviously picked up the guitar a little bit. How did that how did that come to be? Your implications that I have any talent to begin with, and I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know that, I don't know that I do. I know that I remember just when I first got turned on to music, just just going, you know, wow, this is this is interesting. And I don't know if we're coming from it from the standpoint of musicians, but just, you know, when you listen to something and it's good and it moves you, you know it. You know, like looking at a good piece of art. You just you just sort of know it. Um, where is where does it come from? I don't know. I think, I think I'm a bizarre product of the 80s in the sense that while I was living it, I rejected it. So I searched. I searched around for what was good and what made sense to me. And I'm still searching. I like a, I like a lot of the stuff that's going on today. So I'm I'm just as much on the journey as you. And you didn't have the internet, and you did that all without the internet. Oh oh, I have still have boxes of cassette tapes in my in my closet. Love it. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Oh yeah. Well, any, any way we can get it. What are cassette tapes? I don't know what those things are. No, just playing to me. Um. <laughs> None of you are in your forties, are you?
they can't. They're forced to come up with good material that people like. So there's some good things about the Internet that people kind of overlook. I know the record company's first. And, Jay, what are you talking about? Uh, we're, not, uh, we're not like we were. But I like, I like it better today because we have a bigger marketplace. So how about that? Yeah, it's definitely been a good move forward. I agree. <laughs> so, do you um, do you have um, do, did your parents play any music, John? Did they any, any were your sons playing guitar? So somebody, your grandfather, they had to come somewhere down that DNA uh, tree of yours. So, if you recall, uh, I, I got to tell you, I'm an only child. My parents were not musicians. Um, it it, it there is no one that I can point to. To, to do it for me. I was there as a preteen when MTV first hit the airwaves, and I certainly was staring at it, and it, that might have just prompted some some openness, but no, there's nobody that I could point to. It's just something just happened that the more I listened to, the more I liked, and the, the more I dug deeper, the better the stuff I found. Okay, I see. Okay, I see. Wow. Well, it sounds like your son really, really got it going on, and the Green Day stuff. Actually, Green Day is from here, Berkeley, California, where I am. Yeah. And I know I know the drummer. Uh, pretty well met him uh, when they first started. And they're uh, they're pretty good. They're pretty good guys. Pretty good. <laughs> oh yeah, no, they're a fun band. I, my my wife won tickets to see them one year in Germany. This is like ten years ago, and so Germany. I don't know. Remember what when it was? It was a very interesting show. We went to Germany for three days. And it came with Green Day tickets. This was in Stuttgart, and what a commute. you saw them. Oh, what a commute! What a commute! That was a long. <laughs> it's actually it's more than it's got to be since it's before my son is born. It's got to be a little more than twelve years ago. I'm going to say it was about thirteen or fourteen years ago. See how wow. time passed. <laughs> All right, John. I'm, okay, we're going to wrap the segment up as we got our next guest coming on. Thank and you. That's what it is. Yeah, wonderful, John. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Have a great day. I'm going to be looking forward to right, seeing you next time. <laughs> okay. I'll let you know if he gets out there. <laughs> okay. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Well, what an excellent guest, Jay. Yeah, that was a different that was a different twist on things than we had in the other shows. So that was that was great. That was great. Uh you never know. If this John Johnny Tingle comes out, I'm going to be much excited. I'm going to be the first one to buy a copy. You know, <laughs> absolutely. Just, to just really like the fact is, even in the pre pre internet days, that music is everywhere, and it's not just the top forty hits. It's not just what the major record labels of the past said what is music that's one thing that always attracted me to say fish because it wasn't playing on the radio yet there was this huge following and it was through the internet right all right jay uh, Jay, we got our next guest coming up all right all right david welcome to parents kids music here this is ian Eisberg in new york and jay logan out in california Hey, Ian. How are you? Hi, Jay. Excellent. Excellent. Welcome. We do apologize for the technical difficulties, that, but thank you for joining us today. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Excellent. Well, we want to be we noble and find out your relationships with your kids or your kids and uh be happy for you to share us uh, share some information. It's, uh, or, or just a relationship, and you're just your musical upbringing, and what brings you to where you are today. Well, first yeah. off, I don't have any children, none that I know of. <laughs> That's the stock line you're supposed to give when you're asked that question. Right? <laughs> yes, right. DNA test will be um, will, will be administered immediately. <laughs> Okay. And you are not the father. No, <laughs> right. No, I. The kid is not my son. Right. <laughs> Anyhow, um, how how my musical upbringing as a child brought me to where I am today. Well, um, it's interesting because I didn't have the typical music upbringing that. Uh, 
well, I guess a festival organizer or somebody in the music industry might have. Um, my parents really didn't like rock and roll or listen to it. Um, the earliest recollection I do have of rock and roll is the Beatles. I was born in 1958. I vaguely remember them appearing on the Ed Sullivan Show. Um, even though my parents weren't into rock and roll, everybody in in the country knew about that uh, uh, that that. Uh, a performance, and uh, everybody was gearing up for it. Everyone's TV set was on. I remember playing out in the yard and having my mom say, the Beatles are on, and me running in and watching it. Uh, beyond that, I don't remember much. Uh, I, I, I loved the Beatles at a very early age. Uh, I remember running around my living room at the age of five uh, screaming, yeah, 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 because um, she loves you. And um, it just sort of stemmed from there. But I really didn't have, you know, I didn't have older siblings. I, as I said, I didn't have parents who were into rock and roll. So I kind of had to discover it on my own. Um, I was fortunate enough to go to school during a time when kids would bring in record players and play, uh, you know, play records during, let's say, lunch period. And so I got, I, I got my first taste of musical education through that and uh, subsequently found out about WABC and started listening to that, um, getting really heavily into Top 40, and uh, that, combined with my math acumen, I guess it was, you could say, got me interested in the charts and, you know, what songs were doing what, uh, you know, rising, falling, that sort of thing. I'd write down the charts each week. And uh, ultimately that led to uh, uh, FM radio uh Top 40, and then album rock, and um, my quest to start finding as many cool albums as I could, and uh, that's kind of where it happened in the 70s, and uh, from the 70s until now, I just keep amassing more records and CDs. Wow, Ian, I want to I want to ask him I, I want to ask him about him bringing. The record player to school. That's very interesting right there. It's kind of like the iPod right now. You know, you want to bring an iPod to school, but it's just like a record player. Like, How I does that work? I remember as a child, like, having, like, the little Fisher Price record player that I brought to school. I remember that thing just so vividly. Like, this little plastic thing that protected this super sensitive vinyl. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't bring was? a record player to school. I, 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 I just know. heard this other kids who, who, who did that. And when did they power? Did they plug it up or did it run by battery? How did that, how, David, how did that, uh, how did that, how did that work? Well, this, I'm trying to figure that one out. This, this would have been 1969, 1970, um, mostly by battery. It was mostly during during our lunch period. I mean, the cafeteria was crowded with kids, and some of them had record players. And they'd just be playing, you know, Jackson 5 and Creedence and the Beatles and, you know, whatever wow. else was on, uh, on the charts at that point. So it was very, very what, cool. I mean, I... I, I I loved growing up during that time. Well, were these records like these plastic? Remember they had the plastic records and they had different colors. Were they those type of records where you know they had different kinds? Uh, that yellow, you know. And I remember the old you'd get the record on the back of the Cheerio box. You remember those? It, it, was it during that time when the record? You know, some of the stuff was promoted on back of boxes, and you can kind of rip the record off and play it. Um, you guys, uh, do you remember that, John? Where uh, People used to do that, some of the promotion games where the kids would take their plastic records off of their uh, cereal boxes. I don't know if you... I definitely remember it, although uh, these were legit records, you know, that, they <laughs> were releasing, that, that, that people were playing on these on these uh, little portable phonographs. So that's just so kids would be actually go to the record stores and get these little 45s and bring them to school. And that that's that was good that you shared that because that's where we are today with the iPod. And um they're just uh, little small record players, um, without the without the vinyl. So that's very well, interesting. I think, I, the dip, the dip, I think the biggest difference between today and, and now is, you know, even thirty years ago, uh, we lived in a much more social environment than we do now. I mean people are much even though people may be together, they're much more private and insular. And, you know, iPods and other personal devices are contributing to that. I mean, if you if kids are bringing their iPods into school, more than likely they've got their their uh, 
ear, uh, earphones in and they're just listening to it by themselves. This was better because it was, you know, the kids were sharing it with everybody else. Okay. So that that's that, that's very that's very understandable and that's good and that's really good and that's you're absolutely correct. Now people are in their own worlds and that the sharing's not there, but uh, um, and you can't hear. It's it just really like the venues is what I see has been where the discovery and the sharing's been been changed. Where it's these public forums that have existed in the past, like whether it was school or something might have now been yielded to just just different places. Sometimes you need to find it find it out and going in such like a more I guess like an exclusive club or so. I think one of the issues with the iPods and even with my iPhone connected to the internet, you can have access to any song at any second. It's just when it's just what's going to convince somebody to be exposed to that particular song in that particular time with the people that they're around. Well, I, I honestly think that today we're suffering from information overload. Um, there's way, way, way too much out there. Um, and I'm not saying that's all bad. I mean, it's, it's nice that people have have much more, you know, have choices and variety that they didn't. But I think it's, I think you can't really savor uh, particular songs the way you, you could back then. Um, you know, I, I mean, it's the same thing with television and so many other media. Um, media. There's just so much, and uh, you know, we only have enough. Inf- we only have a limited amount of informational resources w- within the mechanisms of our brain. So it's very difficult to process everything so effectively when there's so much of it out there. Um, that's why you know that. I'm not one who pines for the good old days. I think I think we're living in an age which is better than any age that's ever existed right now. But there were certain charms, uh, you know, to uh, to you know a simpler time when people would just bring their record players in and play like a few records at a time, and uh, when radio stations would have a playlist and uh, you'd hear a limited amount of records each day. That way, you could you could really fall in love with with uh, each one. Right, right. I was um, uh, moving back a little bit on your conversation. You were talking about the Beatles. And, you know, I wanted to ask him, like, did your, your parents let you listen to the Beatles? Because, like, when I was little, they wouldn't let me listen to the Beatles. How did you get, how did you get away with that? I'm just curious, you know. My parents weren't anti-rock and roll, per se. They just, I mean, they, it just wasn't their genre of choice. But they they weren't they weren't the type of parents who thought that rock and roll was being done by a bunch of you know evil subversive people who were going to try and turn turn their kids into monsters, drug addicts, alcoholics, delinquents, what have you. No, my parents never believed in any of that. I, I, I they they were you know first of all I think they were much too too aware of just the the way the way life works to to uh, to fall into that trap, but um, at, at the same time, and, and this may sound sort of counter to what I just said, I think their lack of awareness of rock and roll itself probably kept them in the dark when it came to what other people were thinking. I mean, they probably read about it in the newspapers, and you know, who knows? Maybe heard uh, you know some some of the celebrities of the day say negative things about rock and roll, but if they did, it really didn't faze them. And uh, I was there was never a question uh, as to whether I could li- listen to the Beatles or anything else. I mean, you know, I was allowed to listen to whatever I wanted to, so never an issue, thankfully. So it didn't, it didn't seem to do any damage to you. You seem to be a well, well uh, educated person and. And a great man, and, and that was good because uh, these days we have all these different type of, uh, all this different kind of music, negative stuff out there, and you got to be careful now. I guess back then the music was more wholesome and more real, more reflecting of the community, um, opposed to uh, the X-rated and R-rated music that we have today. Some of the rap is kind of violent. Uh, some some music is uh, geared towards some of the games. The video games that are violent. Um, you got to be careful with your with your kid. Listen, now they're affected by the music. Um, 
So that's good that you got to have a be be a free spirit and be able to listen to the Beatles and because the Beatles were kind of revolutionaries, you know that they. Uh, Talked about the war and they talked about a lot of things, uh, kind of like the Smothers Brothers, you know. Um, but that's good. That's wonderful. You had those great parents. Um, I just wanted to see how that. Did they play the Beatles at your house a lot, or did your parents play that kind of stuff, or what did they listen to? My parents listened to you know your typical adult fare back then. You know your Andy Williams, Perry Como, Jerry Vale, uh, maybe oh. a little Sinatra. You know, that's, uh, they listen to a lot of soundtracks. I mean, I think soundtrack albums are probably more popular among, you know, the adults of that generation than anything else. So, you know, they had My Fair Lady, Sound of Music, Oklahoma, you know, whatever whatever was on the charts back then, whatever sound, whatever movies were out, musicals, and, and the corresponding soundtracks, that's what they were mostly listening to, uh, along with the uh, performers that I mentioned. But, uh, no, not a whiff of rock and roll. Um, I was did definitely you, the you, first one to bring any rock and roll into our house. Did you go to any concerts with them? Did you share any uh, events, musical events, even if it's folk or any of those, uh, you know, any no, concerts? No, not really. Any, I mean, uh, no, I mean, when they went, they, they would go with their, they would go with their friends. Um you know, we obviously we did family events like anybody else, but it wasn't really concerts so much as you know, going to the movies or going out to dinner or uh, you know maybe going to a you know carnival or circus. But uh, as far as concerts went, no, um, I can't recall any any that I, I shared with my parents. Uh, I was my, I was very much a late bloomer to that kind of stuff. Anyway, I mean the, the first concert. Well, the first concert I ever saw was when I was in uh, eighth grade, and our school won a Carefree Sugarless Gum Contest, and we won uh, the Grassroots appearing at our school. But the raspberries opened for them, and nobody had ever heard of them at the time. And uh, it was a great show. The raspberries actually blew the Grassroots off the stage. Um, Wow. And um, that was my first, yeah, I barely remember it. I was in eighth grade. This was in 72, so... You know, it's 38 years ago, but um, I do remember the general vibe of it, and it was great. Um, but then I didn't go any—I didn't go to any other shows for another. Uh, I think the next show I saw was in 1975 or six. I saw the Jackson Five um, at the Theater wow. in the Round in Nanuet, in Nanuet, New York, and that was awesome. Um, but uh, after that, I didn't really go to too many shows until I was old enough to drive. So I had very limited experience with that at the time, and wow. it's, which makes it ironic that that I now organize a music festival. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's, that's yeah. wonderful. <laughs> yeah, like 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 what drove you into organizing music professionally, like? Well, I, I, I started writing uh, CD reviews for various pop music magazines in the 90s and got to know a lot of bands from uh, all over the world, you know, in reviewing their CDs. Um, a lot of them, I, I, I'm from Los Angeles now, although I'm currently in New York doing inter- the International Pop Overthrow Festival. But this was back in L.A., and uh, a lot of bands were... Uh, when they found out where I was from, they expressed their desire to play in Los Angeles. And these were bands not only from um, the U.S., but all over the world. And I just sort of had a wild hair and decided to uh, create a platform for bands to come and play, pop bands to come and play under one roof. And that was in 1998. We did our first international pop overthrow in Los Angeles. Uh, We did it exclusively there for four years. Then I started taking it on the road, and New York was my first stop. And uh, we're now in 14 different cities, and this is our 10th year in New York. And uh, we're currently doing doing the festival at Kenny's Castaways in the Village. Wow, that's that's incredible! That's incredible how you, you, you evolved into that. And uh, who would have thought? <laughs> Certainly not me. I know, yeah, I have to say that you didn't have any uh, younger brothers. Do you have older? You have any brothers that are older? I mean, um, younger than you? I'm sorry. You have a brother? I do. I, I, 
I have two brothers and one sister. Um, my the, the brother closest to me in age also got very heavily into music, although never never as a vocation, just as a fan. Um, but my two uh, my sister, you know, is a fan of music as far as listening to it on the radio and uh, going to you know she used to go to dance clubs a lot and you know just. Uh, Dance the night away, but um, my youngest brother has no interest in music whatsoever. I mean, it's it's really amazing <laughs> how we're such polar opposites, at least on, on that particular uh, spectrum. But um, yeah, so yeah, that's about the extent of it. Wow, that's an extraordinary, extraordinary story from the Beatles to you running your own festivals. Wow, Ian. <laughs> That's wow. That's, that's wow. great. I'm glad. Like, yeah, like awesome. really, just, just, just going through that history and going through the promotion, like, like, David, what, what is your like biggest influence in terms of the style of the shows and the kinds of artists that you have up there today? Well, probably the biggest influence would be Power Pop. Um, although the festival does present a range of pop music styles. Power pop is the most predominant. And, uh, you know, power pop is one of my favorite genres. I mean, starting with, you know, groups like Bad Singer and the aforementioned Raspberries, um, going into the going into the later period of the 70s, and, you know, groups like Shoes and Cheap Trick and Off-Broadway, um, so many of the other uh, bands that did that sort of sound. Um, and, you know, bands who have done it through... You know, throughout the period of uh, 70s uh, through today. Um, but power pop has always been, I would have to say, if I had to pick a subgenre of pop music, that would be my favorite. And so I wanted the festival to be most reflective of that. And uh, I think it was more reflective of it uh, early on. And, uh, you know, it still is, as I said, but I think the, uh, I think the parameters have widened quite a bit since I started. Um, so we've got all kinds of pop happening right now at the festival. But power pop, those you know, crunchy guitars, hooks, choruses, lots of harmonies, that sort of thing. Lots of that at the festival. Excellent. Um, I, I know as we're wrapping up, um, anything, any other questions, Jay, that you have for David as we have, as we have our wonderful time here on Parents Kids Music. Yeah, um, I just wanted to ask him, does he play an instrument? And uh, I just wanted to know, do you play any instruments, uh, Dave? I can't play a note, um, which is sort of unfortunate <laughs> because sometimes I have melodies flowing through my head and I have no way to, to get them down into the real world. Um, when, I was, when I was in uh, grade school, we had to take, a, we had to take an instrument um, as uh, it's just one of our courses, and uh, I, clarinet was one of the ones that was offered that I thought was pretty cool, so I started taking it. But I got discouraged from music lessons because just didn't like the teacher. <laughs> he was way too regimented for me, and uh, you know I didn't want to do homework. I wanted to do things on my own, and uh, but you know his, uh, as I said, his his classroom was you know your typical very, very structured sort of environment, and, and I, I just, just couldn't thrive in that. And uh, for that reason, I kind of uh, got discouraged from ever taking up instruments again. And um, you know, to my chagrin, that's been the case. Um, is it all right if I make a plug for the shows here? Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> all right, um, and, and, and there is some direct relevance to your program. Um, at least in some of the shows. Uh, International Pop Overthrow is taking place at Kenny's Castaways. It started last night. It's, it's going through Sunday. Um, but uh, the, uh, the relevance that it has to your show is that on Saturday and Sunday we have some afternoon shows where, uh, which are all ages, so kids of any age can come. And uh, kids under 12, in fact, will be half price. So... Um, I always try to do that if I can. If a club is amenable, I try to have some shows where, where kids are, uh, 
able to attend. Because you know how it is. Most uh, venues are 21 and over, and all of our evening shows are, in fact, 21 and over. But the Saturday and Sunday shows are uh, all ages. And if you go to internationalpopoverthrow.com, I know that's a mouthful, but hopefully your listeners have some pens or at least a laptop nearby or some sort of uh, device where they can write this down, internationalpopoverthrow.com. You can check out the schedule. We have 50 bands from New York and elsewhere, and it's, it's very, very cool. I think people would greatly enjoy it. That's Excellent. Great. Yes, uh, yes, uh, David. Thank you very much for joining us today. As it's been an ex- amazing journey on your point from from growing up to the Beatles to where you are in promoting artists. Well, thanks so much for having me, and, and uh, yeah, it really has been an amazing journey, and I don't think it's over, not by a long shot. <laughs> no, it's not. Ab- absolutely. Yeah, so so um, right. it's very good good talking to you, and um, I'm going to try, if I ever can get out to New York, I'm going to try to enjoy some of your um, festivals there. Well, I hope you do. I hope you do make it down. Uh, we're there through Sunday. And, uh, I, again, thank you very much for having me on the show. You're quite welcome, and thanks for joining us. My pleasure. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. So, so Jay, what, what a show we had. Um, two guests with very different points of view in terms of music. Yeah, uh, definitely very different points of view, and uh, it's good to see that um, people can enjoy music with their parents and with their kids. I was was listening to Dave, and um, I was wondering how, you know, his parents allowed him to listen to the Beatles at an early young age, because back then it was very hard. He was accepted by parents, you know. They were kind of like, you know, revolutionaries. Then you listen to uh, John, and you and you listen to John, and you see how he interacts with his son, and they jam together, and that's what the show is about: interacting with your kids and, and, and your parents. It doesn't matter if you're the kid or your kid is the kid. It's the fact that you have a relationship with your parents, and music is part of the key. So wow, it was a great show today. I really absolutely, and and there's just a huge focus on live music in different venues as John has taken his son and spoke about his wife about just going to concerts all over the world. I mean, he's 12 and he's been to 60-something fish concerts. I'm in my 30s. I've only been to 21 at this point. Well, you have a lot of catching up to do. It really touched me. Yes. That people, it really touched me that people really still love live music. I love that because you know, yeah, I love that. I love people really love live music, and kids like to see the thing in front of them. I mean, you got the Garage Band and you got the uh, the little Xbox thing they play, Guitar Hero, but they really love to see people do it, and that's wonderful. And I love it because I'm indeed. So it touched me today seeing that both guests, you know, and this guy, he's putting concerts, he's still keeping them alive, he's making his own Beatles, you know, keeping them, keep pushing, keep pushing that envelope. So yes. this is a one, wonderful, wonderful show to show that people love, love live playing still. I enjoyed it. Absolutely. And at one point I get to return to – um. One day I get to play the clarinet again live, just like David played the clarinet as a kid, because, you know, I played clarinet from fourth grade through the end of high school. Oh, okay. Well, i gotta, I got to listen. To, i got to hear some of that clarinet those pipes. So, uh, or not. Like, one day, there was a day I, a few years ago, I just tried to bring it back and just try playing and, and, you know, maybe it was because I need a new read, and it was like a 10-year-old read. I don't think it was like the cleanest thing for hygiene, but 
Yeah, I mean, this inspires me to make music and to perform music. So we've got we've got a few seconds left, Jay. Thank you so much once again. Any final thoughts for our beautiful listening audience here on Parents Kids Music? Well, yes, my thought is today is make sure that you enjoy the beautiful music of all cultures with your kids because it will lighten their life. It will make them such wonderful, and that's what we need. My Excellent. That's what I can share what, share with our public. All right, Jay, thank you very much, and we'll see you next week on Parents' Kids Music. Thank you. I'll be there. All right. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.